Hey Candy Fam, this is Nate from Talking Candy. We wanted to let you know that this audio podcast is a recording from a weekly YouTube series on the Talking Candy YouTube channel. We often reference charts and other visual aids throughout the show that in our opinion improve the overall experience. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe so that you can stay informed on everything in the world of candy each and every week. I don't know. I don't know if it's a good play. Just a good example of when people are not doing something, it provides an opportunity for you to go the other way. What's up, Candy Fam? My name is Nate, that's David, and this is the Talking Candy Weekly Update. Each week, we take a dive into everything going on in the world of candy and give you an idea of what you need to be paying attention to. And while David and I each have collections of our own, None of this is financial advice. Please do your own research. We are just here to have a good time. David, how you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, excited to join you in this belated episode of Talking Candy. Yes, we are a day delayed. Appreciate everyone's patience on this. Just had had life happen this week, so had to push it. But yeah, we've got we've got a, a fun week. Nothing nothing super crazy going on this week, but still a fun week to talk about. We've got the L5 pack drop just came out. We're going to rip some of those packs. We're going to talk about that. We've got some L4 sales data to talk about. We're a week into lineup four at this point, so we're going to break that down a little bit. We've got some marketplace improvements that we want to discuss, just kind of a, a list of ideas that we've come up with and, and something that we want to just have a little conversation on. And we've also got a Stranger Things partnership with Candy and Netflix. So that just hit a new threshold today that we're going to talk about. And, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about burning and just some, some developed thoughts that, that David and I have each had. And, you know, this is still pretty new information, still developing what we think about it and, and how we're going to go about it and just give some food for thought on that. So looking forward to diving into that. And, uh, but as we do, Let's start with a jump into the current events here. So we had we had some pretty big pulls over the last week. We had the Trent Grisham one of one get pulled. In addition to that, we had the Bo Bichette one of one was pulled. This is one that I'd like to be holding. This is a this is a pretty fun one. So Bo Bichette, Trent Grisham, and then I don't have the tweet on it, but Carlos Rodon was also pulled. So three one of ones pulled in the last week, at least to our knowledge, there could be more. In addition to that, we saw the Serial 1 Epic Otani get pulled. So now the Jersey Otani and the Serial 1 Otani and the one of one Otani have all been, or, right? Yes, the one of one, of one Otani was pulled too. So mm -hmm. all the, uh, the top cards, other than the perfect Serial, as far as we know, have been pulled on the Otani, further depressing the, the L2 pack floors. But it is what it is. That's the nature of the beast. Uh, and I did tweet a reply to that. But the pack that the one of two fifty epic came from, someone bought that on the marketplace for twenty four dollars. So there's there's good stuff in your packs. Uh, it might behoove you to open it yeah. instead of making twenty bucks. That's the uh, that's the risk reward. You never know. You gotta you gotta balance it out. But uh, we also saw. I believe this was the fourth World Series token get pulled. So four down, four to go. Congrats on that. That's, I mean, I can't even imagine what that's like pulling that. It's got to be cool. And then we had a couple couple cool things with some MLB players this week. Byron Buxton was gifted an Infinite Objects 
digital frame of his one of one. Didn't actually receive the NFT, but got this got this cool digital frame. Same as uh, I think it's the same as the one that you have behind you, right? It's is the exact same thing. Yeah. So I believe so. Yes. He's got he's got this. He had a really cool reaction to it. Felt felt authentic. So definitely go and check that out. Cool cool video there. We also had Discord Zone Usman do an interview and a rip sesh with Justin Turner. So as we know, Justin Turner is one of the most legitimately involved MLB players so far. You can put him on the list with the likes of Brett Phillips and Ross Stripling. These guys are are big into candy just on an enjoyment level. And so Usman and Justin opened a couple packs. That was cool. Go take a look at that. It's like a 15 minute video if you haven't seen that yet. We also had international withdrawals get added this week. So international accounts were opened up a month ago or so, but now there's the ability to withdraw. So that's good. Same, same eight locations. So that's a good move in the right direction. And then uh, you did something pretty cool this past week. You want to, uh, you want to take the lead on this one? So um, as most people know, I buy one of the play of the days every day, regardless of what team, what player it is. You know, it's the $15 play of the day. I try and buy one quickly to get a low serial number, but I just want to have one from every day. And it's been a little disappointing that we're into, you know, late May and the Giants had still not been given one of the play of the days. They've had some days with good plays, but none that were selected by MLB as the play of the day until Jock Peterson. Uh, He hit three home runs in one game on May 24th. So on May 25th, uh, I was ready. I I wanted to not only get one, I wanted to have a good one. And, And so at least going into the day, I thought, you know, maybe I'll buy the, the number one, maybe I'll buy just, you know, a, one or two single digits if I don't get a good one myself. And, you know, unfortunately, when, when I tried to purchase one, I had an error, which happens rarely, but it meant that I didn't get the good number that I wanted. But other people had bought the early ones and they were listing theirs. And I thought the prices seemed kind of reasonable. People were listing, you know, the number five, the number six for $30, $35. And I was like, well, which... Which one of those do I want to buy? And then I decided to buy them all. Uh, I bought the number one, the number two, the number three, the number four, the number five, number six, and number seven, and then the number 23 mm. as well. What's uh, the date? 524. Uh, 524, yep. 2022. And, and if you uh, sort it by yep. uh, addition low to high. <laughs> After I bought them all, I just put them back on the marketplace because we don't have like a way to showcase our collections yet. You know, I can link someone to my collection, but they're just going to be hidden in there with all my other NFTs. So I just relisted them all for $10,000 or $5,000. I love it. And, you know, anyone who looks up the Jock Play of the Day, you know, they're welcome to buy one if they'd like. I I don't expect anyone to pay those prices. I just want them on display. Number one through seven, uh, number 23. And then at the end of the night... When the sales closed, I bought number 197 as well. Nice. I didn't know you did that total, one. Yeah, there were a total of 197 minted. And so I bought the final one as well. Uh, I tweeted at Jock Peterson, though, just to let him know that you know he was picked. Because he mentioned Candy a couple times as well. 
I believe those were paid advertisements, but at least Candy was on his radar. He's, you know, familiar with it. And so I tweeted at him to let him know that he was selected, that I bought all the good ones. And if he wanted, I'd be happy to give him the number one or the number 23, which is the jersey mint. Really, any one of the ones that I have, he's, he's welcome to. I'm just, you know, I'll send it his way free of charge uh, because I would love for him to have one of the best copies of his play of the day NFT. So we'll see. He hasn't got back to me yet, but there was quite a lot of attraction on that tweet. So hopefully he got some eyes on it and that's something he would be interested in. Yeah, we're uh, we're putting this out into the universe. If anybody knows Jacques Peterson, give him a call, shoot him a text. <laughs> Dave is trying to give him a give him a cool NFT. So let's let's get this let's make this happen. Somebody's got to know Jacques. But yeah, I didn't know that you were gonna do that. You you hit me up right after you did it, and you're like, "Watch this! Look at the <laughs> look at the marketplace feed," and I saw you start to list them. So very cool concept, and I just I got a kick out of this because it's a reminder that. This is supposed to be fun. These are collectibles. We talk about floors and money because it's relevant. And that's part of the the gauge of how you're doing over the long term. But it's also supposed to be fun. So I love what you did here. It's your team. It's their first play of the day. It was just a cool thing to do. And um, it sparked me doing, a. you know, I've been collecting all of the Red Sox stuff in general. I've got one of everything. I'm working on the rainbows. I've talked about that. But it sparked other ideas for me. So... I love it. Kudos to you. Good call. And uh, hopefully we can get these in or one of these in Jock's hands at some point. Right. Just one. Just one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All of them. You can have them all. I mean, if he wants to pay the 5,000 each, 10,000 each, then. But uh, OK. So uh, moving along here, I just wanted to quickly point out, did end up recording a, a VCon special. Uh, so if you wanted to to go take a look at that. Uh, myself, Jake, and Levi, who are Greater Natty and LL Ciphers in the in the Discord, we just we chopped it up about what we saw at VCon, what was good, what wasn't, and uh, what we thought was room for improvement going forward. So, take a look at that if you haven't seen it already. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it on the the current events. Let's um let's jump into just quickly showing the the pack drop graphic as we do just a reminder of where things stand obviously lineup one and two are both done lineup three is now done as well lineup four since they've extended the these leadoff series sales to be 10 days uh, instead of the the original plan which was three three days yeah it was tuesday to friday yeah so now it's the following friday so now it's 10 days instead of three days so we've still got a Couple days left on lineup number four. Grab those if you if you want more. We are in the middle of lineup five, which launched on Tuesday, and then the final leadoff series pack drop will be on June 14th. So next week will be an off week for Candy, and then we'll have our final pack drop on June 14th, and then the following week will be the uh, the next New York City meetup for anybody that that's looking forward to that. So should be a fun time with the whole leadoff series out at that point it'll be a, a cool opportunity to talk about where things stand how things have gone but i know that you and i wanted to to linger on this for just a second because it's worth noting and i don't have a graphic for it unfortunately but it's worth noting that we have drastically different supply on each one of these packs at this point and we've touched on it before but just a quick recap lineup one and lineup two 
were 120,000 and 60,000 packs respectively. Those have each been fully released. Lineups three through six still have a 50%, 50% vault rate in theory, but it's actually greater than that. Lineup three did come close to a sellout, so that one we can call 50-50. I think that they mm -hmm. ended up selling like 29,000 packs out of 31, so very close enough, you know, for, uh, for horseshoes and hand grenades. But lineup four is sitting somewhere around 15,000 packs sold, right? You just checked it. What was it? It was closing in on 16. Closing 000. in on 16. So that's only about 50% of the intended sales. That's with 31,000 vaulted behind that. So if that were to close today, we'd be looking at 25% in circulation, 75% withheld. The lineup five, which we're only a couple days into, I just bought a couple packs for the show and we're sitting just under 9,000. It was 8,400, something like that. So this is something to keep tabs on. And the best way to go check it, if you forget what the numbers are, you can just go and filter by addition high to low for, for listings and gives you a pretty good idea of where things stand. It's not a perfect science, but it gives you an idea. But this is going to make a difference when it comes to burning Titans. This is going to make a difference when it comes to a certain player having a spike in demand. And we're going to see what the supply is to support that. And so I'll let you I'll let you speak on this a little bit, but it's it's something that we're both paying attention to very closely. Right. It's something that's gonna tie very closely into the upcoming burning event. One thing I've noticed on the Discord this week, however, is some people concerned that the player that they're collecting to craft a Titan of, that they're not gonna be able to because there's gonna be too many people that we're going to quickly hit 100 Titans crafted and they're going to be left in the cold holding a bunch of extra copies of a player and no way to craft it into a Titan. And I do not think the math supports this at all. Uh, I believe there's a few players, particularly from the first and second lineup, where this might happen. The, the very best players from those first two lineups, uh, because they're fully distributed, you know, 120,000 and 60,000 packs respectively, there could be enough consolidation of those cards for a hundred different people to be ready to craft a Titan out of some of those players. But anything after lineup two, you know, even lineup three being 50% sold. And again, we're I just want to up. add to that, not just fully distributed, but also the factor of those had been distributed prior to the burn announcement. So there was a there was a prolonged opportunity to be getting those guys at 50% of the value that they're at right now. So it's part of the same conversation, but that's a that plays a huge role as well. Right. That that does mean that people who were thinking ahead, they could have already been consolidating points of those players while they were inexpensive at the time. And, and so that could contribute to there being more people, you know, ready to go on those particular titans but once yeah particularly now that we're looking at lineup four and lineup five with you know 25 percent distribution or sold and 75 percent in the vault and that's just sold you know not even all of those packs are going to be opened but the numbers just don't support the fact that everyone is going to have 100 titans there are good players from these recent lineups that will not reach 100 and there are less good players that might be lucky to hit 50. Uh, just in terms of there being people willing to 
pay what they need to pay to get 51 points worth. And just in terms of there not just being enough supply in general to support 51 points worth 100 separate times. Pick a random player from lineup four with the legendary and you look at their listings on the marketplace. If a couple people were to buy 17 cores, you know, to get their 51, the price would double, would triple on some of these players. And it's, you know, it's just going to get worse at the time, potentially. That's a good point. Don't do what David just said. Go slowly. (laughs) Don't just go and sweep up a floor because you've decided you want to, you know, get a Titan of a certain player. You can do it with more finesse than that. Go in, Mm -hmm. set your price point. Let's say that we're seeing a, a guy is regularly coming in at a $3 core, but on occasion you'll see some twos accumulate. Go in and buy those twos. Let them trickle in, buy the twos. And if the three floor gets gets thick and there's eight of them there and you want to buy a couple of those and your dollar cost averaging, that's fine too. But don't go buy the eight threes and the four fours and the five fives is you're just going to cost yourself more money and there's no, there's no rush right now. Mm-hmm. That exact behavior is what is going to cause the demand and the, the subsequently the floor price to spike on the weeks where those guys get announced because then there won't be the luxury of time and people are going to have to come in and make a decision. They're either just going to sweep what is available to round out the number that they need to get to 51 or they miss. So right now, and it's not a lot of time because we only have two weeks left of these pack drops, but have to imagine that by the third or fourth week of June, that's when we're going to start seeing burning. So you still have a couple weeks left. I'm not saying that it's not tedious. It is. It takes attention. It takes time. But I know that there's a lot of people doing that. So if you have the ability to have the screen up and be paying attention to it, go in and slowly accumulate those 51 points and and build out the guys that you want. So just wanted to, to add that to it. Right. That's, that's definitely a good note. And that's something that I've always tried to do, even on, you know, instances where there's not burning in play if i just want to get extra copies of a player i'm not just going to buy 10 copies i'm going to buy one or two and leave some low listings there so people can continue to list and then just gradually accumulate at a price that i think is is good as opposed to raising that price myself Mm -hmm. Uh, but mostly what i'm speaking to is the fear that i'm seeing that you're going to get your collection ready and not be able to craft a Titan. And except for a few cases, I don't think that fear is justified. Take Shohei Otani. He's one you might need to be afraid on because he's from lineup two. Lineup two has been fully distributed. Lots of packs ripped, lots of packs opened. There's a lot more supply there for different people to consolidate and get 50 points on. And he's a player that people are enthusiastic about. So you're just more likely to have people want to craft his Titan. So perhaps he will be someone where you'll need to be quick on the draw when his day comes. But the vast majority, you know, collect them at your leisure, you know, get your points ready, get your other 49 points ready, you know, 50 cents a core if you can, you know, or less than a dollar in uncommon if you can. And just don't be afraid that you're not going to get it because we're looking at the amount of packs being sold and unless they dramatically distribute more supply, which I hope they don't do, because that creates its own problems, but unless the supply dramatically changes, the supply we're seeing right now will not easily support 
a hundred titans for many of these players. And to that point, a a plea to Candy, whoever's listening, please do not airdrop all of the remaining packs all at once. We are finally in a moment here where we're getting to see the market kind of figure itself out. And yes, we're at a lower pack volume than maybe what was hoped, but at least just organically, we're seeing what the demand is for these packs. They're being ripped at a certain rate, and we're having these floors establish themselves with people actually putting thought into what they want to buy, what they want to sell. And, you know, you and I included are, we're making moves on this gamified Titan burn challenge that if there's a huge influx of L3, 4, 5, and 6 packs, it's going to really screw people over in terms of the the stacking that they're doing for these burning challenges. So I'm not, you know, I, I loved your, your idea the week that we talked about the airdrop. And I think that, yes, it could have been implemented differently. There were pros, there were cons. It was still a really fun day. There was still mm-hmm. a ton of good vibes. People got to rip a bajillion packs and it wasn't all bad. Like we needed a fun day. Things were a little a little dark at that point. So, I'm not it's not a full complaint. It is something to look back at as a case study, but we're here now and lineups 3 through 6 are being dictated by a more educated market and I hope that Candy respects that and allows these burning challenges to play out prior to any type of, you know, determination of what they're going to do with that because that supply could have a huge impact on these burning challenges if it's implemented too quickly. So I hope that we burn and then we find out what their what their plans are for those packs. But as of now, people are making plays based on the supply and based on what we just said about educating yourself on, okay, 30,000 L3, 15,000 L4, we're at 8,000 L5. Obviously that number is going to go up. So these are the numbers that we can educate ourselves with. And if we have a huge influx of packs, all of that education goes out the door. So mm-hmm. let's hope that that they proceed with caution when when determining what to do with those remaining packs. And even when they decide what they're doing, which presumably will involve selling some of them, if not most, I just hope that they dole them out in smaller quantities over time. You know, if we get through the first few weeks of burning and we see that there's an increased demand for packs because prices are spiking and there's a low supply for certain pla- for certain packs, certain players, and they want to maybe sell some more, maybe just sell a thousand more from one of the lineups or another, you know, just a very limited amount and gradually over time reintroduce the supply. So you're not taking a case where there's 15,000 packs of lineup four and then selling 20,000 more. You know, more than doubling the supply that was already in circulation. I love that too, because if you do a limited supply, then it's, you know, there's some hype, there's some buzz. Not everybody's going to get what they want. Also, if you're continuing to sell them at the $30 price point, and let's say you're selling L3 packs and the floor on L3s in the market is $38 or $42. Now there's a thousand opportunities to get in there at a $30 price point. It's not too big a, a supply that you're going to drive the floor down on the on the secondary market, 
but there's enough of a delta between what the current floor is and what you have the opportunity. Now we're starting to create some buzz. Now we're starting to create some, some need for early access or something like that. So a lot of exciting ways that they can roll these vaulted packs out that, that adds to the equation and not subtract from it. So mm -hmm. a lot of good thoughts there. And just to a closing thought is that I'm just excited that we're able to have these conversations about burning. These are our best guesses, right? But we don't know. The the top guys have the most demand, but they're also going to be the most expensive to, to create a Titan out of. The the guys that are in that next tier after that, a little bit more affordable, still pretty high demand. Then there you can make an argument for guys all the way down the bottom that some of these guys, you can round out a, a Titan pile for $15, $20. So that's available. And while they might not have a ton of demand in the short term to burn a guy like that. We have a long-term vision about being involved with this project. And so this is a snapshot in time where these Titan burning challenges are a thing. This is the first iteration of that. So a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, these are going to be cool to have. And they're going to be very limited supply because to your point, not every single one of these guys is going to have a 100 min count. So a lot of cool stuff to speculate on. Looking forward to seeing the first few rounds of it and, you know, continuing to stack guys that we want and, and see how it goes. So looking, I'm sure we'll have this conversation uh, multiple more times. So let's, uh, let's move into what we have seen for some L4 sales. So this here is as of Monday, so pretty much a week worth of data. This is what we had for the sales leader. So depicting the the epics and showing the epic floors just because it's a good benchmark but these are the total sales across all rarities and these are the top five guys so i'll let you uh i'll let you jump in here well nothing too surprising uh, we knew going into this set that that these were going to be the guys there, there was maybe some debate about who was going to fill out that number five spot at least as of monday it was yadier molina but we knew acuna J-Rod, Mookie, Devers were all, you know, top contenders to, to perform the best. I'm actually a little surprised that Acuna was in fourth as of this data. You know, Mookie taking that top spot. I would have put Acuna as number one myself. But there's only a couple dozen sales, you know, between them. And they have fairly close epic floors. You know, the high epic floor actually going to J-Rod there with 280 at the time by a pretty you considerable know, I, margin too. But really nothing too surprising. These are these are the guys you want to see when you rip open a pack from lineup number four. You get any one of them of any rarity, you're gonna be pretty happy with a $30 pack. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so the on the other side of the spectrum here, are you, you're all set with this? Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. On the other side of the spectrum, we wanted to highlight the the five least sales of guys that are guaranteed a Titan. So these are all in the the one of one tier, the legendary tier. These guys are in the top the top bracket, and these are the least sold players in lineup four that are definitely going to have a Titan to burn. And when you just look at those numbers, this really speaks to what we were just saying about how there are going to be some guys who won't crack 50 titans you know these players with you know peralta there less than 100 sales total 
you know, with Epic floors hovering around 20, or in his case, just under 20. Now that does speak to the affordability of a Peralta Titan. If you can pick up 40 points for $18, that gets you almost all the way there. And, and you could probably pick up 40 points for cheaper than $18 just by stacking cores or in for commons. Sure. You know, so you'd want to do your research and figure out the most optimum way. But when you look at those sales totals, there's just there's not enough copies of these cards changing hands to indicate that there's you know a hundred different people who are getting geared up to have fifty one points of these players to craft one of their titans, and, and these are guaranteed to have a titan. There are players that didn't have one of ones that had epics. Um, that had lower sales, and many of them will end up with a Titan as well because most of the players that have an Epic will get a Titan. It's just going to be a few dozen that will end up getting snubbed. And, and so that means some players that are that were sitting at maybe 60 or 70 sales will have a Titan as well and will be even you know, less consolidated to, to be crafted. Yeah, and so we've got four pitchers here which is to be expected. Those are obvious and it is what it is. There's not there's not a whole lot to to talk about here with with those four guys. They're four really good pitchers. Pitchers just don't get respect in collecting. It sucks, but it but it's the reality. Now, Mullins on the other hand is a really good example of a high upside, you know, play here. There's it's risky. Of course, there's a reason he's here. He's off to a really cold start this year. So, but he was an all-star last year. And if he were batting 300 right now and having a hot start to the year, he wouldn't be on this list. So if you're an Orioles fan, if you're a Mullins truther, if you are somebody that thinks that, that you know better days are ahead for Cedric Mullins, it's an opportunity. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But it is an opportunity because a guy like that is only sitting there because of, you know, obviously being on Baltimore doesn't help. I don't know. I don't know if it's a good play. I'm not, you know, it's not something that, that I'm personally doing, but I do like Cedric Mullins. I think that he's got some serious potential. And it's just a good example of when people are not doing something, it provides an opportunity for you to go the other way. Good old fashioned Kansas City shuffle. So you you can make plays on things like that. You can go and speculate on guys that are off to cold starts. You know, I wish that I wish Trevor's story had been in circulation already a month ago, right? There's no way he was going to stay cold for that long. It would have been a great opportunity to be picking up Trevor's stories from people that were selling him being horrible. And now he's red hot. And by the time he, his, he gets dropped, he's going to be Trevor's story value. But it's just a concept. Pay attention to these things. Pay attention to how players are performing in real life. And if there's a guy that's typically a star or that was an all-star last year and he's underperforming, that provides an opportunity the same way it does in fantasy football or fantasy baseball. It's, you know, sometimes if you find an opportunity to buy low, it can create the upside for that player to turn things around. Doesn't mean that they will, but there's no... There's no trick to buying Mike Trout. Mike Trout is Mike Trout. You either pay up for it and get it or you don't. Down in this tier, it's a different conversation. So just something to think about. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on on this tier? No, I, I like that a lot. I think that's, you know, the type of play that people should be considering. Uh, not necessarily everyone should do. It's just something that they should evaluate, see if it's within their risk appetite. 
mm-hmm. and and go for it or not, depending on on how it strikes them. Do it with somebody you like, because then regardless of what happens, you're still happy to be holding it. I've been working on my Red Sox rainbows. Some of them I did before the burning announcement. I don't care that the that the floors dropped. I wanted those cards, right? I bought Chris Sale for $60 for his Epic. I could have it for half the price, probably lower now, but I wanted that card. So just remember, when you're making these plays, when you're doing things that are a little speculative, start with the foundation of of grabbing somebody that you that you personally enjoy holding and collecting. So let's uh let's jump into a little conversation here about marketplace improvements. I I've been reflecting a little bit on what I heard at VCon and and some of the conversation that that was had with Scott Lawin and the way that he talked about the direction of candy and one of the the biggest concepts one of the biggest takeaways and it's not it's not groundbreaking but when you hear it from the top it solidifies it that candy views themselves views themselves as a web 2.5 company they're not leading with nft they're not leading with blockchain they're leading with premium sports collectibles which means that they're prioritizing collectors they're prioritizing collector culture they want to onboard your traditional collector, somebody that's already going to baseball games, collecting baseball cards, maybe they're playing MLB The Show and they've done a little bit of digital collecting in that way. But the concept is that that is the mission of Candy right now. They're getting partnerships with big companies, Getty Images, Netflix, WWE. You know, that's the focus right now. So if that's the focus, then I think that prioritizing some of the things that is going some of the things that are going to matter to that user base should be, you know, should have more attention being brought to it. And so this list isn't necessarily in an order. And I also left off the most important one, which is kind of the umbrella here, which is collector score. We desperately need collector score. And the two at the top are definitely meant to be at the top with badges and trading. So. Badges, are, I think, are going to play into collector score. But first and foremost, we have a 2021 product that is struggling hard right now. There's zero focus on it. There's no reason to buy it other than speculating that you believe in candy long term, which we do, which is why you and I are still holding all of our original stuff, right? There was a lot of stuff that, that we ripped from those original $50 packs that we chose not to sell because we believe in being involved in this project, and I still do. But that stuff has just continued to go down and down and down and down. I get that that's everything right now. I get that that's the environment that we're in with alternative investments and NFTs and crypto and the general stock market at large. But there are ways to point attention back to it, and I think the simplest ones are collector score and badges. And I think we need them sooner rather than later, because if you go too long, there's a whole lot of excitement around the 2022 set right now, and 21 continues to be forgotten. There's no fun to be had with 21. There's no burning challenge. There, there isn't volume. As much as we've complained about the, the 720 player pool being too large, there's still something really fun about having a big player pool with 2022. So yeah, they probably could have done 400 players or 500 players, but there's something fun about having the whole 
list of anybody relevant in the MLB. So there are a lot of reasons to be paying attention to 2022, and there are no reasons to be paying attention to 2021. So I think the collector score and badges are a huge way to point attention back towards that. But getting back to the to the overarching concept here, which is just ways to make this more enjoyable for the collector. And one of the one of the other speakers in Scott Lawin's panel was talking about his earliest memories of collecting. I don't remember if he was talking about Pokemon cards or baseball cards, but it's the thrill of trading. It's the thrill of taking a look at somebody else's collection, having them take a look at yours, and then coming up with a deal. I'll give you this, you give me that. No, that's not quite there. Let me add in this. Mm, no, I'm not getting rid of that. So. I don't know about you, David, but I certainly have memories of that when it comes to Pokemon cards, when it comes to baseball cards. That is a huge part of collecting. Was that part of it for you? Definitely. Uh, both Pokemon cards, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic the Gathering for mm-hmm. me. Uh, you know, But to, to play devil's advocate, I don't see that being something that can easily be implemented by candy because it, it opens the door for abuse it opens the door for illegal activity in some cases because someone could you know through nefarious means get access to someone's accounts and trade away the good stuff or or, you know there's there's problems that that could be had if trading were to be kind of allowed in in a kind of blanket form Um, maybe there is some good way for them to put necessary restrictions and safeguards in place and I hope that there is. I hope that there's a version of trading that they can bring to the platform. But because it's going to require so much careful thought, uh, I'm not sure that that's something that we can look forward to in, in a more immediate sense. But I do have cherished memories of trading, uh, you know, collecting cards with, with other kids at school. And so I would love to see that with Candy. I just they have to do it right because it's a big potential pitfall if it gets done wrong. Totally agree. And like I said, this list is not in any particular order and fully understand that certain things on this list are harder to accomplish. It's more of a wish list. It's not a, Mm -hmm. it's not a demand list. It's not a, give me this tomorrow. It's just a, it's a conversation. And Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I hear you. That being said, the upside of solving that riddle is huge because it's one of the conversations that you see in Discord all the time with new users. Can I trade? Can I send to my friend? There's a huge opportunity to expand the user base by giving a free NFT to a buddy. You know, mm-hmm. doing things like that that bring more people in with zero risk. The upside of being able to tell your traditional collector that you're trying to convince to come over and enjoy digital collectibles, not being able to trade with your friends kind of stinks. And I've always thought that that was, that was a bummer with MLB The Show, that there's no ability to, to trade with friends. And I think that it's a huge opportunity to attract people and, and get people excited about it. So totally agree with you. There's challenges. There's challenges to everything on this list. I get it. And I know that we've seen some great improvements over the last few weeks, last couple of months, not trying to take away from any of that. But there are things that can be done here that are going to appeal to that user base. Uh, another one, ability to contact the seller. We see that you and I have both experienced this where it's like, okay, 
maybe it's a very specific Red Sox card. For you, it's a specific Giants card, or you were working through those Jock Peterson play of the days. People have these things listed, but you know, maybe you know that it's listed for 70, when in reality, it's probably worth closer to 40. If you could get in there and have a conversation and say, would you take 50? That's a huge, you know, that's part of trading as well. That's part of collecting. So some ability, whether it's a message system and sure you could have the, if you're as a seller, you could turn it off. If you don't want people to contact you and you want privacy, that's fine. But at least having the ability for people to turn that on and have some means other than going into discord and crossing their fingers that somebody is going to raise their hand when they ask who the, you know, the patient cheesecake walnut butter squash is, you know, it's really tough. It's really tough to figure that out because not many people put their actual usernames on there. So I think that's a huge one. Um, and we don't have to linger on this too long, but you know, a, a watch list being able to, and this is in conjunction with, we used to be able to update our listings. You would list something and now you just have to delete it and relist it. You used to be able to change the price on it. And I, I know that there were some, there were some challenges with that, some issues. And again, I get that there are challenges with all these, but if we could get back to a place where you could update your listings, it would mm -hmm. keep that listing live. You could have a watch list of things that you're paying attention to, hoping that they do drop. And you could even implement an alert system where you watch that listing, it drops from 70 to 60, you get an alert that, hey, the so-and-so listing has been dropped or the so-and-so listing has been removed, whatever. I think that that would be really cool. Feel free to jump in wherever you want. I'm just gonna rip off the, the rest of these. Did you wanna add to either of those? Um, no, I, I agree with everything you said, particularly about contacting the seller. Um, you know, sometimes you can find the person on Discord, but more often than not, you're just waiting, hoping that they're gonna take their listing off and, and reduce the price. Mm -hmm. uh, when it's something that you could just as easily have a conversation about and, and get that deal done. And then I think that probably the a relatively simple one that I hope to see in the near future is the fifth one on this list here. So displaying the set and lineup on a listing would be extremely helpful, especially because of all the conversation that we just had about the different supply. So having a quick notification, having a quick line item that identifies, this is from leadoff series lineup two, this is from leadoff series lineup five, that would be hugely valuable in the whole research process and determining whether or not you need something. You could add to that the ability to see, do you, do you own that card or not? right? Being able to know right away, I already, I already hit this. I'm working through a, a set, a full set, and I already have Mike Trout. I don't need to buy another Mike Trout. Having a little icon that shows that would be extremely helpful. Buy orders, I threw that on there. I know that that's not coming anytime soon, but it would be pretty nice to be able to have, have a, you know, a simultaneous balancing list of sell orders and buy orders that way okay if the floor on the sell orders of a given card is a hundred dollars somebody could come in and say you know i'll give you 80 and somebody that had listed can now decide i'm going to delist this and go quickly sell it for 80 bucks because i'd rather make that deal that's another angle that you could go about in terms of contacting seller it would it would solve the same problem in a way right so different angles different intricacies to it some 
problem solved better by one versus the other, but it's another way to make this a more collector-centric communication improvement, you know, a lot of ways to, to up the ante on that. And then the last item, simplifying the thumbnail system and the, the ability to identify floors. So you type in Raphael Devers, and instead of getting the 12 most recent listings, you just get an icon of his core, his uncommon, his rare, and his epic. Four thumbnails, you click whichever one you're interested in, and then once you get in there, you have a list of all the, the, you know, the 10 lowest available rare devers. And now you can see really quickly, is the one that you clicked on, or it's, you're not even clicking on a thumbnail anymore to show, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, you looked for that card and now you can see the cheapest ones available. And then the most recent listings doesn't matter so much anymore because you can just go in and find the information you need. So it's a brainstorm, it's a list. Some of it is stuff that I thought of. Some of it is stuff that I've read in Discord. Some of it's stuff that you and I have had conversations on. You know, it's, I'm not claiming these are all my ideas. Some of these are pretty straightforward, but I hope that if the focus is meant to be on the collector and getting more traditional collectors to come adopt digital collectibles, that we continue to put a focus on creating an environment that is more conducive to those people being interested. Yeah, and, and I know we don't want to take away anything from the improvements that we've already been seeing come to the marketplace and the candy site recently. Those are all great first steps, but any one of these lists, any one of these items here would be a good second step, would be a good target. And, and I'm sure a lot of it is stuff that's being worked on. It's just something we want to make sure that they're aware. You know, it's stuff that will be beneficial for the community, for the collectors, and will keep things moving in the right direction. Definitely. All right, so let's uh, let's quickly touch on the Stranger Things update, and then we'll get into some pack rips. So, shout out to uh, Bliptane in Discord. This was the well. You know what? I'll let I'll let you take the lead here because. I don't know a damn thing about Stranger Things, and uh, and you watch it, so I'll let you uh, I'll let you take the lead on this one. So uh, there's, we we've known for a little while that Candy was partnered with Netflix or with Stranger Things specifically for some type of upcoming event, and you know this morning June first was the first kind of big update to that. There had already been a website that had previously been discovered, and it had a, a small puzzle you can solve using a light bright to kind of get directed towards candy so you you knew that something was coming on june 1st and which is today while we're recording but yesterday if if you're watching it you know on the second um so we knew that something was was coming and, and now we know a bit more details about what exactly that is and it looks like it's going to start with four weeks of puzzles or four weeks of, of challenges and um you'll you know, on the Candy website now, there's, you know, a drop-down list on the top left that we could already use to toggle between Major League Baseball or Candy Racing or the Sweet Future set. And now Netflix is the fourth drop-down available. And, and when you drop down to that, you know, it lets you know that the Stranger Things event is starting soon. And it's got a link for you to, it says, enter the lab. You know, that's where you can go to participate in the challenges. And we know that the first challenge is starting on June 1st, starting tonight for us, yesterday for you. 
And we know that each challenge, the first certain amount of people are going to be mm -hmm. able to get a free NFT as a reward for completing the challenge the fastest. You know, for and it, it's easier at the beginning. So for this first week, there's 4,444 NFTs available for the first 4,444 finishers. And then it's going to go down each week from there. There's only going to be about 3,600 for week two, about 2,000 for week one, and a little less than 1,100. You see on the screen the numbers there. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see where they take this. It's interesting because right now they're not selling anything. They're just creating an event. You know, it's just something to participate in. It's something that you can receive and reward you for that participation. And so I know that after we record, I'm going to get ready myself to participate in week one of the challenge to see if I can solve the puzzle and collect one of those 4,000 NFTs. And I'll probably try each, you know, it's going to be on Wednesdays. So each Wednesday in the month of June, on the 1st, 8th, 15th, and 22nd, you'll find me participating in that challenge to try and, you know, be one of the first finishers to get one of those Stranger Things NFTs, both because I like the show and because I'm excited to see what Candy has up their sleeve. And I think it's an interesting way for them to offer a product that, you know, as I said, at this point, they're not even selling. They're, they're just created an event for people to enjoy. And, and I believe that, you know, after June, after the month of challenges is over, there is some type of Stranger Things product in the works that they, you know, presumably will be selling. But we might find out more about that in July. And, and that could coincide with the next season of Stranger Things, because the Stranger Things season four was broken up into two chunks. And so they released the first chunk last week. Um, that would have been May 27th. And I believe the second chunk is scheduled for July 1st. And so after this month of challenge, we'll have the next half of the Stranger Things season coming out, and we'll have some type of candy Stranger Things product. Yeah, and just to full circle, the that light bright, basically right now it's just this teaser. So if you enter the lab, you load in, and then you click this enter, and it you you need to follow these, you know, this code in order to to solve the puzzle. And it's just a practice puzzle. There's nothing really attached to it, but that that is what this uh, this cool fan art was created out of because you can you can plug it wherever you want so thought that was cool um you know continuing to keep our eye on the the different elements that exist within candy not just baseball obviously baseball is what we care the most about and what we hope candy continues to to pump the most resources into but it's cool to see this other stuff too i'm okay with it so that's that uh and there was one other announcement i'm going to touch on this super super quickly because we are fast approaching an hour, which we like to stay under when we can. But there was just an announcement on Discord about the, the ticket sweepstakes that, that Candy's doing. So basically, each week for the next four weeks, Candy is going to be giving away 
two game tickets to two individuals who made a purchase on the primary market during that week. So it started on June 1st today, which is Wednesday, and so it's just gonna be a shortened week. But in general, the next three weeks, it'll be Monday, uh, Monday at midnight, Monday you know, morning, midnight into Sunday. That's the one week. And anybody that makes a primary purchase, so not secondary sales, this means like packs or you know things that, that candy is dropping and selling directly to you, that enters you into this raffle. It's US residents only. Uh, Brett Phillips, who as we've talked about, another one of the very legitimate ambassadors of candy within the MLB, uh, did, a, did an explanation video on it. So this was cool. Wanted to touch on that really quick. Take a look at that. Um, you know, continued IRL experiences. And this is what we like to see. We like to see stuff like this. It's a long shot, but it's fun. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's do some packs. Let's do some packs. It's, uh, uh, I believe it's you this week. I remember it's me this week to start with. Let me, uh, and I've got a, a couple lineup, five packs ready to go. Let's make sure, uh, let's, let's make sure you got me here and we'll gotcha. let's see. Moving about beautiful. So uh, I got some nice low serial numbers on my yeah, packs did. this week. I was able to buy pretty quickly yesterday morning. And we will just open the two with the highest number. So pack 52 and pack 51. Start with those and we'll unwrap. Here we go. Okay. Okay. A rare, rare gym pack. A rare Not gym only a pack. rare gym pack, but the, the spacing yeah on these, uh, normally they're all three right next to each other so before you get too excited i watched i watched jim and uh Donato last night and this is pretty normal it seems i don't know why okay. but it seems to be pretty normal with the l5 packs uh, okay because i've seen rare gym packs as well where they were clustered yeah and so I, I was getting a little little excited there but uh well let's just get to it first core Going to be Darwinson Hernandez, relief pitcher for the Sox. The only Red Sox in this lineup. The only Red Sox in this lineup. Well, then I'm already, I'm already done collecting the Red Sox. Uh, next core, Anthony Rizzo, first baseman for the Yankees. Nice. Pretty pleased with that one. Uh, the first uncommon, Sean Murphy, catcher for the A's. Second uncommon, Alex Wood, starting pitcher for the Giants. Beautiful. And the rare. Louis Castillo, starting pitcher for the Reds. Diced the Red Sox up last night. Let's take a quick peek at those serials. We got Rizzo, Castillo, Murphy, Hernandez. Oh, nothing crazy. So just for reference, the uh, the legendary tier for lineup five, we've got Luis Castillo, who you just pulled, Jose Ramirez, Frankie Montas, Jordan Alvarez, Bo Bichette, Juan Soto, Matt Olson, Kenley Jansen, Eloy Jimenez, Clayton Kershaw, Starling Marte, Garrett Cole, Kevin Gossman, Nick Castellanos, Freddie Freeman, and Carlos Rodon. And so any one of those players, even if I'm not a particular fan, will at least have that added value of being guaranteed a Titan. Mm -hmm. But here we go. Pack 51. Let's open her up. And back-to-back right. -back rares. Take a double okay. rare. It's been a while since I've had an epic, but I can't complain about two rares. That's all right. I'll get the epic. There First you go. First core, Obachette. That's a good look. Nice pull. Second core, Ranger Suarez, starting pitcher for the Phillies. Third core, Mark Melanson, closer for the Diamondbacks. 
right. The uncommon is Darwin's hey. and Hernandez. Red, so, uh, Red Sox rainbow complete on your two packs. All done. And the rare. Hunter Dozier. Third base for the Royals. Okay. All Take right. a quick peek at those cereals. We got 82 on Darwin's in. I don't suppose he's jersey 82. No, he's 63. Okay, so that was a miss. Uh, Suarez. Nothing too crazy. Night, pretty low on the Vachette. You know, low triple digits. Pretty good. Two rares. I'm happy. Yeah, take it. Got some good players there. All right. Pack hat. And, oh, there's the pack hat coming out. It's been really successful so far. Uh, let's see if it can keep it up. Let's keep it rolling. All right. Well, uh, we only got two, so we'll open them both. All right. Rare. Rare start here. No standard packs yet. TJ McFarland, reliever for the cards. Rizzo. Good Rizzo for both of us. Solid. Alec Manoa. He's been selling pretty well. Yeah, he's uh, he's been having a pretty good year, I'm pretty sure. I don't know his stats off the top of my head, but I think he's a big deal. Disclafani. I'll trade you my uncommon Disclafani for your uncommon Darwins and Hernandez. That would be a deal. Let's get that trading implemented, Candy. Okay. Marcus Stroman yeah. rare. Okay. All right. Take two. Any uh, any cereals? Nothing. Nothing cool. Nothing jumps out. All right. Last pack of the night. Mm, standard pack. Standard pack. Well. I mean, I got an epic last week, so I didn't really deserve <laughs> another one. But I would have taken one. First core. Jose Ramirez. Let's go. We'll take okay. that. Okay. Second core, Luis Guillermo. Guillerme. I'm butchering that. I don't know how to say that. I know how to say a lot I'm of them. I don't know how to say that one. Galorme. Mark oh, Melanson, your boy. Stuck. First uncommon, Abisail Garcia. And last uncommon, Juan Soto. Let's go, wow. baby. Wow. Oh, man, your screen, your screen froze, but I can hear you. The Jose Ramirez. That is. Let's go. I mean, no rare, but that's the best pack. Yeah, we'll take uh, we'll take that today. pack. We will take that pack. I didn't even get. I didn't even capture your reaction because your your thumbnail's frozen. Just assume that I held that pose the you entire were time. Yes, you were that unexcited for me. <laughs> that's there pretty funny. Okay. I that's uh that's a pack right there. I will take that. I will take that. Not too shabby. Uh, cereals. Oh, yeah, cereals. Oh, man. This would be a nice one for a, for a cereal hit. Nothing. Nothing. Two-digit Melanson. What's his jersey? Um, 34. Okay. So. Look at that beaut. Uh, also, if you're new here and you haven't peeped this yet, this is the best part of these cards. The second bonus piece here, the 3D. Mm -hmm. Actually, you can blow this up now. Yeah, you can. Go full screen now. Yeah. These are so cool. The way that this is 3D, your scroll wheel makes it 3D. I know we touched on this before, but I know we've got some new viewers. But if you click it, it flips back to the dynamic stats. And if you mm -hmm. flip it back the other way, you're back to the front. Scroll wheel makes it just a regular card versus 3D. And I love it. Yep. And these stats, they update every single day. So you can get your latest player info from Candy Digital if you want. Yes. All right. That's it. Another one in the books. 
Appreciate everybody being here. My name is Nate. That's David. This is the Talking Candy Weekly Update, and we will see you in the next one.